Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanillo and David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer joins us live today from Philadelphia. Futures are tumbling on the hottest core CPI print since last April. Ten-year pops above four and a quarter. That's a high for the year. Add to that a rash of weak guidance from companies like Marriott and Hasbro. We'll get to all of it. Our roadmap begins, though, with the latest inflation print core CPI. Hotter than expected. Big implications for Fed rate cut expectations. Plus, we'll talk chips and the AI frenzy in video. Shares they're at record highs and have overtaken Amazon when it comes to overall market value. And it was a big ratings win for Sunday's big NFL game. Yeah, it was called the Super Bowl, and it easily shattered viewership records. Let's get to this morning's CPI number. As we said, hotter than expected, Jim. Everybody's talking about shelter six tenths. That's uh, two thirds of it right there. Right. I, I wonder how much the uh, we tend to use the number eight million. Aliens, illegal aliens, legal aliens, immigrants, whatever you want to call them. But I think that they've been a major source of rent increase because we have to shelter everybody. And the cost of sheltering is just going up because we've had a big burgeoning in population. We just don't talk about it. I think it start. I think we should talk about it because it's something that is vital to make sure that we're a civilized country. And we right now have to put people in homes. We have to put people in apartments, and we have no choice, and I think that's moving up shelter. Kind of ties in with what CBO said the other day about immigration, Jim, and that is that the economy is going to be $7 billion bigger uh, because of the people we're letting into the country. Well, look, uh, these are un- undocumented immigrants. Uh, I think I'm not, I do not share the negativity about this, by the way, because we have such a shortage of workers. And I think if we just adopt kind of a humane approach and also legislation in Washington, we will be able to make it so that everybody's productive. But in the interim, we have to we have to shelter people. And I think that this big influx of undocumented immigrants and documented has made it so that we have no choice but to have rents go up. I actually think home prices will not go up as much. Uh, again, I want to emphasize, I am not in the camp which just says this is something that is bad we have to take care of. I think it's just something that if we address, we can actually make it a positive, Carl. So I'm, I, I, I'm not as negative as everybody else is about this because I think that number can come down. Uh, meantime, David, uh, apparel got some help, down seven tenths. Gasoline was a help. Uh, used cars, but... Every, then you get motor insurance, auto insurance. Yeah, up another auto insurance one was one of the yeah. biggest as well. I think we all sort of experienced the sticker shock of that. Not to mention home insurance, which I'm not sure is a part of it, but uh, which is uh, going up dramatically uh, across the board. Um, Jim, you know, it's, it certainly seems to be diminishing the market's hopes for a rate cut anytime soon. Uh, I think the chances now for a rate cut in May, we don't even talk about March any longer, of course. When we came into this year, that seemed to be still on the table, at least as far as the market was concerned. What are your thoughts, though, when it comes to potential rate uh, cut, not to mention our conversation from last week, which is not a hard landing, not a soft landing, but no landing. You almost said rate hike. I know. You, didn't, you cut it at the last minute, you called it the rate cut. But look, the economy is really strong. 
uh, there's just a huge amount of money coming in from infrastructure. We're having a hard time finding workers in a lot of different businesses, whether it be engineering or construction. Uh, housing is, is much stronger because mortgage rates drop. Uh, the rent number is not good. The food at home number and the food away number, I'm finding those hard to believe given the fact that Walmart and Costco have held the line on food. Uh, we had Coca-Cola this morning. That is a, a calm number. Uh, we had, wow, we had Molson. That is up. The numbers are up there, but that has to do with problems with Bud Light. But I just think that in the end, if we're going to measure everything on rent, then we're going to start believing that there will never be rate cuts. And that's not true. It's just that I think that, you know, I felt that a May shouldn't be on the table because I just don't see any weakness in commerce in this country. We don't have rating. We do not have price increases, David, like we had. But we do not have a cessation of price increases. Those who are looking for that will be disappointed. Okay, so an appropriate market response then thus far this morning. Obviously, we'll see how we open 26 minutes from now. Yeah, I think so. I I think that we've been inappropriate most of the year because there were so many people who were thinking soft landing, so many people who felt that there could be a March. People put March, they put May, but they never look at the actual numbers. I mean, there are enough numbers in the CPI that are not the way they want to go that I think Jay Powell has been correct by saying, you know, let's wait and see. And a wait-and-see number says, look, we would like to see rents come down because rents are integral. People have to have food. They have to have shelter. Food and shelter were not good in this report. I think food will be better. I think it might make time for shelter. Carl, look, we've had a big influx of people. And I don't know why a big influx of people would ever be considered negative or keep rents the same because that is a rental group. And uh, I just think that they're not talked about because it's some, I don't know how it became taboo to talk about all, all the people who come in, uh, because I think that it's, it's necessary to, uh, to calculate what they've done with rent, because it's obviously substantial. Yeah, you mentioned um, food away from home up five tenths. That's another big jump, Jim. Uh, I know the other day yeah. we had Pepsi pricing after quarter after quarter of double digit. Still up nine in the most recent print. And of course, James Quincy of Coke today uh, talked about their quarter. Take a listen. Another important factor to highlight is the inflationary pressures which are moderating or stabilizing across most of our markets. To keep consumers in our franchise, we are leveraging our revenue growth management capabilities to tailor our offerings and price pack architecture to meet consumers' evolving needs. In North America and Europe, while inflation is moderating, the cumulative impact of inflation is pressuring certain consumer segments who are seeking value. Throughout 2023, we increased our affordability offerings and won volume and value share in both regions. So we're going to talk to James Quincy uh, in the next hour, Jim. Uh, and like Pepsi, uh, negative volume in North America. Right, when I spoke to James this morning, I, I actually did mention, uh, well, what did you think about President Biden's uh, screed against shrinkflation? It did say, look, you know, there is, we have to be realistic. There's inflation throughout the food chain. So why should Coca-Cola hold the line? I came back and said that I understand that because Costco, which has been holding the line on everybody, uh, never was able to develop a Kirkland Signature Carbonation Cola to rival Coke. They've been able to take everybody else down, but that's the one category they can't, and that is because it's such a strong brand. That said, the stock has been stultified, and I still think that the consumer packaged goods group is not a good group to be in, David, not because of the GOP-1s. They haven't seen it yet, but just because if they put through price increases, we see that the customer balks. By the way, McDonald's talked about price increases in the customer balking. 
So uh, there is a considerable group of people between, say, they make 40000 to 100000 who right now are on the fence about spending and would rather make things at home. And at home is still cheaper, of course, than going out. Yeah. Although I don't know where the supermarket prices stand right now. You mean in general? What, like I mean, to buy like a grapefruit or something? No. It's two know, grapefruits like for much, $3. Did we get in the what, inflation report any idea exactly in terms of what things on the shelves of supermarkets are going up? Um, we'll no, get to it not, later. they're not that granular, David, but aisle seven is just insane. Okay, it's a, you just go check aisle seven. We'll get to it later on Albertsons and some of the promises they continue to make in terms of that, uh, uh, Kroger, I should say, in terms of the, uh, the acquisition of Albertsons. Uh, Carl, we can talk about that a bit later. Let's move to some of the high-flying tech movers today. We'll begin with Arm Holdings. You noticed yesterday up nearly 30% in the session on Monday, extending that post-earnings rally into a second week. Shares taking a breather so far in the pre-market. And we'll watch NVIDIA briefly passing Amazon, as we said yesterday, in market valuation during Monday's session for the title of America's fourth most valuable company. Jim, today, Lattice with a pretty weak sales guide. Uh, how much of a rest is deserved yeah. here, if any? I, look, I think there's a belief developing it, whether it be Arista, whether it be Cadence Design, whether it be Lattice, uh, that there is an air pocket, there's a slowdown, there's something going on, there's a digestion is a word people use, too much equipment order. This is the new negative thesis that started developing just yesterday. It will continue today. I think Arm, I said last night, one of my favorite stocks, but obviously a short squeeze that David flagged the other day because 90% is locked up. It actually could come to as much as 93 if you look at those core tenants that they put it in, and that stock should nowhere, be nowhere near there. Uh, I actually said, look, those who want to buy NVIDIA, you're going to get a better opportunity than right now. Let this air pocket thesis play out. I don't see it. I think that there's strong demand for AI. But, David, you know that ARM Holdings, when it was at 160 yesterday, was not a natural thing. That was just the market mechanics breaking down. Without a doubt, I think that's been the case since the company did report better than expected guidance, certainly, and did engender a great deal of optimism about its future. That is all fair, but to your point, and again, you just said it, uh, 90, you know, nine and a half percent of the uh, of the actual shares trade. Uh, it's roughly 90 percent that's controlled by their largest single shareholder by far, SoftBank, which they're marking up their position. Things are looking pretty good for them. This is a company that came public to remind people at 51 bucks a share. And to Jim's point, I mean, it hit almost 160 bucks yesterday, again, on what does appear to be certainly that optimism coupled with, of course, a float that is very small and a large potential short position in there, Jim, that has just sent this thing up dramatically. I don't know, though. You know, sometimes these things hang in there a lot longer than you think. The lockup expires on March 12th. Now, I've asked Renee, you've asked him as well, and I remember talking to Massa about it when when the company went public. Uh, and, you know, he said, I want to keep as much as possible, as long as possible. Right. And that, I think, has kept what I think you and I would have thought was natural, which is an accelerated end of the lockup in order to be able to meet the demand and not have the crazy frenzy trading that I think makes people say this stock market is unrealistic. It's not a place I want to put my money. Uh, the stock should be nowhere near here. I think it was a trip quarter. I think Renee did a, a great job possible that the stock should be as high as 80, maybe even 85. Uh, I don't know how I get higher than 85, uh, but people took it using market orders to a level that is very similar to what we saw when market orders were used in 1999 to 2000 because there were people who were new to the market 
Carl, the stock is radically overvalued, even as much as I think it's terrific. I mean, if it were 80, 85, that would be such a success from where the deal came. But I can't get to this price. And I think that this is going to knock down the cohort for no reason other than the fact there just wasn't enough float when this came public. Again, not unlike 1999, 2000, when people just issued a sliver. The stock just then went to a premium and then worked its way down when the uh, expiration lockup occurred. Right. It's, it's just a sh- it's a shame. It's not a crime. It's a shame they did this. It, it is. It's not rigged, but it created uh, something that Renee is going to have to deal with, and it's a shame because he delivered a fantastic quarter. Well, but now he has to deal with the one hundred and sixty dollars price that we got yesterday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's a shame. I mean. Jim, Why? You know. People lost a lot of money yesterday, David. People, uh, people bought it from market orders, and they were down big by the end of the day. Yeah, well, that's that's shame on them, not on Renee. Okay, uh, shame on them. Shame yeah. on them. Uh, Unforced um, error. Absolutely. Yeah. Shame on them. Um, Meantime, Jim, on NVIDIA, uh, a couple firms upping targets still. Mizuho takes their fiscal 25 top line from 45% to 62%. Uh, percent. I think uh, 920 there, 850 at UBS. And we've talked about the two big uh, sort of tests for the market this month. One was today, CPI, and the next is going to be their earnings. Right. What a great opportunity to let NVIDIA come down a little, be able to buy it maybe even after the quarter. I think the quarter is going to be very good. I think the analysts who constantly uh, raise and raise and raise, we've seen what happens. If they get a number next week that is a little bit better than in line, uh, these people then have to say, look, I, I wait, maybe it's a little too enthusiastic. It reports February 21. I expect a very, yeah. very good quarter. Once again, as the stock goes higher, David, it makes the expectations higher, which therefore makes it so it's more of a high wire act again. Uh, I'm looking for unfair. I don't know. I mean, the expectations are so high now, it makes it very difficult for the company to realize. The uh, I, I would point out, guys, to sort of wrap up this part of the conversation, there was a, a decidedly uh, 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 negative, I guess, piece in the sure. Wall Street Journal about uh, Copilot from Microsoft. I assume you saw that, Jim. Wasn't that something? Just sort of offering a number of reviews from early users here in the, on the enterprise level, of course, and just saying, you know, yeah, it's good for some things, but it's not as productive as we thought, at least in the early going. And there are some hallucinations, and it seems like it's good to, to sort of summarize a meeting. But, you know, I was surprised to, uh, to some extent as to how uh, mediocre, at least, these early reviews seemed. And you do wonder whether it's going to have any impact. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, we've been trying uh, various forms of it, and uh, it, it, it's, I don't want to call it disappointing uh, because I'm not doing some of the stuff that I think that Microsoft expected. I think it's a work in progress, and we all expected everything to be perfect. I mean, look, look, there's a number, number of negative stories going around today, whether it be for AI, whether it be uh, Copilot. I, I haven't heard anything negative on Apple today. Because I'm just waiting for that to come out. But I do think we have to recognize that the market's had a big run and we're not being greeted with just tremendous news today, whether it be from Hasbro. Uh, you know, Carl, I just feel like that it's, it's just one of those days where the market needs to take a breather. Nothing wrong with that. If people are going to panic out, good. We'll get the shakeout, Carl, and it'll make things even better. <laughs> Jim, we'll get to a lot of earnings we've not yet hit today, including some of the weaker guidance or misses that we've been tallying this morning. Hasbro, Biogen, Marriott, Avis, Datadog, and some others. Take a look at the pre-market here. Uh, dollar, by the way, uh, close to 105. That's going to take you back to mid-November or so. More Squawk on the Street straight ahead. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range, 
and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. New viewership numbers from Super Bowl 58 showed an estimated 123 million people watched the Chiefs beat the Niners in overtime, making that the most watched television program in history, Jim. Um, Obviously, you can throw some population growth numbers in there as well, but just a stunning uh, water cooler moment once again for American media. Well, we had everything, didn't we? We We had a very good contest right to the end. We had Taylor Swift. Uh, and you know what, David, when we look at these uh, great teams and we look at what's going on, I keep thinking of draft games. I keep thinking of betting. I keep thinking of intra-game betting. Uh, and I think that a lot of what's happening is being fueled by people who, who want to bet throughout the game. And it's so easy to do. Maybe too easy to do, some would say. But, David, I think betting has played a major role in ratings. Yeah. So we'll continue to. Uh, in the future as well then, not just obviously for the Super Bowl, but across the board for the NFL, you think? Uh, Yeah, look, I don't know whether we'll have, uh, whether spring football will bring a lot of gambling. That would be very interesting. I think (laughs) NBA will bring some gambling, baseball. But uh, one of the reasons why I mentioned is because it has to do with fourth quarter. Uh, If you're betting, if you're doing daily fantasy, you need to know what people are doing in the fourth quarter. There's 55 million people who who have fantasy accounts. So, uh, and you can play now in the, in the playoffs. I think people recognize that. But also, look, it's an exciting game. And I, I can't call uh, yeah. Taylor Swift is a force in herself. She's a nation state. She is. Uh, listen, uh, you know, it may have been that uh, CBS priced at $7 million for 30 seconds, may have priced low, given that uh, number of viewers they were delivering to advertisers. Wow. We did have a chance to talk to Bob Backish, of course, CEO of Paramount on Friday uh, prior to the big game. Um, and in part, we talked about as well, uh, you know, even though it's seven, eight years away, how you compete if you're a paramount with the likes of Amazon and Apple when it comes to buying these sports rights, particularly something as expensive as the NFL. We have a great partnership with the NFL, with Roger, with Hans, with Brian, etc. cetera. Um, and as you point out, that deal goes through the next decade, so it's through like 2032. So it'll be a while until we negotiate with them again, Um, but it's a great partnership. They love us, and again, we just set the viewing uh, bar for CBS since we last picked it up in 1998. Um, We had the record divisional playoff game, so broadcast platforms, CBS, continue to be extremely important to the NFL. And I think all the leagues look at that, and if they don't have broadcast, they regret it. 
Well, they certainly were happy with that one, Carl, when it comes to the level and number of viewers delivered for advertisers. Uh, meantime, great, great interview with uh, John Landgraf of FX in The Hollywood Reporter yesterday. He was asked, Jim, what was the moment that killed uh, peak television? Uh, he says it was the moment that Netflix decided to change their public-facing Wall Street metric from subs and ARPU to profit. And at that moment, it put everybody else under what he says is a significant amount of distress. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I have to tell you, when I looked at those numbers and I looked at Bob Backus and his comments, David, you know if there were uh, uh, not a hardline antitrust uh, administration, that someone, that Apple should just buy Paramount. Uh, it, it's a lot cheaper than buying the NFL rights. They get kind of a sublet, you know what I mean? <laughs> we, I'll, I'll, I can go on and on about who or whether, whether anybody will buy Paramount or even NAI, but not right now, Carl. All right. Jim, we'll get your mad dash as we count down to the opening bell on this Tuesday. Going to be a busy one after that CPI print. You can see futures. Uh, Dow looks to open lower by about 325 points. We're back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, time for a relatively quick mad dash. We'll have an opening bell very soon. Shopify. Okay, I have one tonight. The numbers were fine. What people are worried about is the margin guidance for next quarter, and I think it is a little quizzical. 13.6% uh, was what we thought we'd get. Well, it looks like we're going to get high single digits. We have to drill down to that, David. That is where uh, the crux of the matter of why the stock's going down. Okay, so we don't know exactly what's behind that reduction in guidance or guidance that was lower than anticipated as yet. They're, they're yes, they're spending more money. We have to find out why they're spending more money. Obviously, this is the engine for small and medium-sized business that wants to be able to be online. It's been a fantastic engine for the country. Uh, but you know what, David? This day is a down day. We can make up any reason that we want to for stocks to go down. When you have a down day, everybody has a reason about why something's going. In this case, we're saying it's the markets. Although, Carl, that will be a significant decline should it maintain 30 seconds from now when we get started. Let's get that opening bell and the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. Today at the big board, packaging company Sunoco Products celebrating its 125th anniversary at the NASDAQ. Inspired Therapeutics focused on the treatment of inflammatory bowel disease. That goes in fairly negative here, Jim. We'll keep an eye on levels. for the market to go down today. One of them is just the weaker guidance from, uh, let's just pick the first one, Hasbro, for example. Oh, my God. Well, the toy business is bad. I mean, I, I had Mattel on. 
they didn't have anything good to say. It's not as bad as Hasbro. They don't have any. Uh, Hasbro needs some hits. But Mattel has had hits with Barbie, and yet they still don't have good numbers. The toy business is just not that good a business right now. Got to face up other people or uh, other ways to be able to interest people. Yeah, a big piece in Business Week earlier, I guess it was last week, Jim, about the U.S. birth rate was was declining, and that, that was even before COVID, and it's resulted in basically a price war battle in the diaper business and in the toy business, anything that involves parents buying stuff for their little kids. Well... Look, I mean, demographic issues occur, and there's not much we can do about it. We do look at the CPI, uh, and so and whether that it impacts that. But toy prices are going down. I mean, if people think the toy prices could be part of the equation of of, uh, of inflation. They're not. Uh, Hasbro has been uh, chronically undermanaged uh, ever since uh, Mr. Golder passed away, and I do think that Mattel is, is doing a much better job. But Enon Cries, who was all made money, admitted, look, things aren't that great. And I, I wanted him to say things were great, and he just wouldn't do it. Uh, maybe that's because at one point my father sold toys and games, and I remember that there were moments where it shined, and then there were moments where it didn't. That stock is very inexpensive, by the way. Uh, another miss in terms of guidance, Jim, will be Marriott. Uh, that's on top of the revenue miss oh. for this quarter. Avis, similarly, uh, revenue miss. EBITDA miss. Revenue per day down 7%. Everyone got too excited when they saw the American Express number, which, by the way, is stock is on fire. Uh, well, maybe not today. But I think that Marriott has had a move of 25 points based on absolutely nothing. It's perfectly reasonable to think that that stock should go down. We know the rent-a-car business is not good. David, you know we had some numbers from Hertz that make people feel that uh, Steve Scherer is not going to be able to make it so that that's a growth stock anymore. I think that that's premature. But there's things got a little bit too hot. And David, when they get too hot, we, we embrace a sector like travel. And we say, you know what, travel's great. Uh, let's take the stocks up every day based on nothing other than what the last company said. And when, when American Express said things were really good, people just extrapolate that across the board. And it's not working, except for TripAdvisor, David. But you know what that is, right? Uh, no, tell me, what is it? Well, it's possible takeover bid. Liberty, Liberty TripAdvisor. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, I was still thinking about Expedia that. That. from. Yeah. I was thinking about Expedia from last week, of course, on the same, on the same uh, general area, uh, which, as our viewers know, reported numbers and guidance. Perhaps it was a bit below anticipated. I don't know if you saw the outgoing CEO uh, joined uh, joined the squawk group. It was a bummer. It was a bummer, David. Do we have right. tape? Because the tape was really interesting. What do we have? I don't, I don't know you that we have, any, we have, I don't know we have any tape, but I did mention Expedia, given you were mentioning sort of that backup in a number of these names that focus on travel. Um, well, Jim, I mean, gonna, Airbnb was up huge yeah. yesterday. Let's see. I mean, huge. And I, try, I search and I search and I search. Why is that stock up five? And the answer is because it shouldn't be today. It's down four. Yeah. Jim, um, yeah. something we haven't talked about in a little while. Uh, yeah, Kroger. I want to talk about it because they did put a press release out this morning. Uh, basically, the, the headline is Kroger to lower prices following merger with Albertsons. And the press release sure. here basically go. goes on to detail to a certain extent all the different times during their previous deals uh, where they have consistently lowered prices, they say, and also improved the customer experience. Investing more than $125 million to lower prices at Harris Teeter, more than $100 million to lower prices at Roundy's after the merger there in 2016, and also spending money to improve the shopping experience overall. 
and you can see the quote here, one of the quotes, of course, from the company in, in that. We're getting closer, Jim. My understanding is by the end of the month, we should hear from the FTC, uh, you know, let's call it late February, um, where they will make a decision as to whether they're going to challenge Kroger's purchase of Albertsons and as well the associated divestiture package, which involves uh, a CNS buying those divested assets with what would seem to be a good deal of financial firepower behind it so that they can compete. Uh, but, Jim, the preponderance of uh, views is that you're going to get a challenge from the FTC here, and then the question will be what can Kroger prove in court in terms of where it has kept prices, where it has brought prices in the past, and how competitive it is right now with the country's largest grocer being Walmart. Yeah, look, you mentioned a key thing. Look, you have Costco, you have Walmart. When you meet with Roger McMillan from Kroger, he says, you know, you think that this is just one of those markets where Kroger dominates in each area? No, I mean, Walmart and Costco are ahead, way ahead of Kroger. But, David, you mentioned a key thing. They're going to have to divest. The, the FTC, historically, and Justice, has hated it when they divest to a company that does not have the firepower to keep it alive. They have really thought about this, thought about it hard, David. They really have. A real buyer. And you should talk a little bit more about how that buyer can be competitive. Yeah, well, CNS buying the divested assets, a founder of, of that, co-owns Symbiotic. There's, a, you know, you've got SoftBank. You've got a lot of potential financial firepower behind it, to be fair. And that is what they would argue, to your point, Jim, that they will have the ability to actually represent a true competitor, so to speak. Uh, unlike, of course, what we saw, what was it, with, uh, with Rite Aid, right? Um, Right. When that was... But, of course, look what happened with Rite Aid. They didn't let yeah. Rite Aid merge, and what happened to it, David? It went bankrupt. It went bankrupt. Yeah. And, you know, by the way, I know, you know that... now they only have two. That becomes an overriding theme these days in terms of some of these suffer, uh, these very uh, difficult uh, industries, not to mention even, yeah, uh, our own, where, well, if you don't allow a deal, what really happens to the companies? And to your point... Do you just get to buy the assets out of bankruptcy at some point for some of these things? So it'll be interesting. There are, you know, there are a number of people who are betting this deal is actually going to happen, Jim. Uh, but again, right. most believe you're going to get that challenge from the FTC. We should find out, let's call it a couple of weeks from now. Well, David, this, this begs the question, does a company have to merge to start having good customer service? Uh, I don't know why. Well, because you said that, listen, when we merge, we intend to do better. We're going to great be, for the customers, going to do better. I mean, it sounds like that when a company merges, it's fantastic for us. What are they doing before the merger? Uh, right, I know. Well, they, they, in this case, this press release, they talk about how they did um, invest capital in the stores themselves, additional capital to bring perhaps up to, up to a higher level or a higher standard those acquired assets, Jim. But well, I looked at I looked at all the ones they that they had merged, and it's absolutely yeah. true they brought down prices. I wonder whether it'll matter. But the, to the FTC, they actually did bring down prices. The the data is clear, and so they should be. I mean, I, I think it's going to be challenged. But when you look at the data, David, they were absolutely true to their word, and that's yeah. why I, I I looked at this thing. I was trying to poke holes in it when Rodney was on. You could. It's on a sale. You do better when they merge. All right. Well, we'll see what the FTC has to say. Uh, Carl, uh, we're taking a look at shares of JetBlue Airlines this morning. Carl Icahn, of course, uh, taking a large position there, potentially going to seek some board seats. Uh, that company, speaking of, by the way, deals, of course, the, uh, the now scuttled deal to try to acquire Spirit uh, failed as a result of, uh, of opposition from the DOJ. But you can see Carl in there. And that's a blast from the past, isn't it? 
course, takes us back some 40 years when you remember Icon, one of, there he is. Wow. Look at him back wow. then. Uh, TWA. And when he was running remember TWA. That? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, remember he had those light bulb bonds? Those were a real treat. <laughs> the light bulbs of TWA were the, they were like the collateral to the bonds. Thank you. Um, Look at that. You know, I Twa. mean, I love that he's still out there. I, I love that he's still fighting. And this may be a worthwhile fight, by the way, given management's missteps. That said, as I, as I pointed out many times, if Icon had just held on to his shares in Netflix and Apple, uh, you know, it, 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 the profits would be enormous. Would have been enormous, Carl. Um, so there is something to be said for activism, perhaps in the case here. And you can see the positive response. We're talking two billion, a little over two billion market cap at JetBlue. So it's a tiny company. You can see the one-year performance uh, down 20 plus percent. The airline, the ARCA airline index, is actually up seven or so in that same period of time, Jim. Airlines getting a little more interesting. Uh, a lot of the back and forth on the sell side ratings involve sort of cash, revenue management, cost management. Today. Flight attendants from three different unions are going to pick it uh, in the U.S., in the U.K., in Guam uh, over wages. So we'll see how we'll keep an eye on that. Right. The industry has become a little less investable. Uh, you surprised that they were making more money when we started hearing the travel picked up. Uh, I just think that once again, we're back in a, in a t- moment in time where they're just not that just not that good investments. Uh, it's interesting. People probably say, well, wait a second, every plane I'm in is full and Boeing isn't making enough planes to be able to make it so that there are enough, enough planes in service. But it's just not working. And there are other places to be. Uh, I just think JetBlue does not represent great value here. It would re- represent great value if you're allowed to merge. The FTC and Justice Department are very much against airline mergers because they think that that's exactly that got. David, that was the area that got too concentrated. That's where they really felt they dropped the ball during the Obama administration. That's correct. Allowing uh, allowing the big deal uh, involving Continental, of course, right? I mean, that was one many people exactly. say perhaps should not have been uh, allowed to go through. Uh, as you can take a look, of course, we are down uh, on the broader averages. The S&P uh, about 1.3% right now. The Nasdaq, as you might anticipate, given it has performed better, is down some 1.8%. This on that higher CPI uh, number than had been anticipated. Take a look at the bonds, too. We'll see what we're doing there. But uh, just a generally negative response, Carl. And as you might anticipate as well, Microsoft shares down over 2%. Uh, Meta some 1.7%. Even NVIDIA goes down every so often. Uh, some 2% oh. decline there. Well, David, look at ANAT, Arista Networks. I have them on tonight. They reported a perfectly good quarter. Some people just think it wasn't good enough. The stock's down 14. Uh, we, I, look, we can play pin the tail on everything here. Was ANET weak? Oh, well, the stock's down. Let's go find out why it was weak. Oh, nothing really, but let's just talk about margins. Let's just talk about some cautious moment during the conference call. I think that the market was due and is due for a pullback, and Exhibit A was what happened with ARM, with ARM yeah. because that showed you that there's just something very wrong right now. People are too excited. It is interesting, Jim. Even the companies this morning that pretty much guided in line, Shop's a good example, um, as uh, Shop and QSR is another good example. Pretty much moderate guidance somewhere in the range, getting punished to the tune of about 6 to 8%. Look, I, I think QSR, I mean, the Burger King was pretty good. Uh, Tim Hortons was okay. Uh, Popeye's just all right. Uh, they're on tonight. I think they did a good job. If you want to know what's really uh, a tenor of the market, 
Uh, one of the great blowouts of this morning was Molson Coors. I mean, they just delivered a quarter that I never thought they could do in this environment. And the stock is down 96 cents. Patrick Doyle will have some good things to say tonight. I mean, look, we have to let this run in course, but uh, there was nothing wrong with the restaurant brand number, nothing. But we can create something if we want to in order to be able to fit the thesis of today's down day. Uh, meantime, Jim, you talked about Apple a bit. Actually, a pretty constructive note out of Bernstein today. Tony Saganaki looks at, speaking of inflation, uh, Apple pulling the lever on services pricing up 100% on Apple TV Plus, as he argues, which would bolster services revenue growth, I don't know, up by about a billion dollars. Look, I thought it was good, but then, of course, he had, added to add one of those. You know it's Tony saying, to be sure, it's still not that good a story. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking that the guy actually actually was changing his mind and just was putting out a solid positive number about Apple, but he could not do that and it's not going to save Apple, which was also down $2.30 yesterday. So we have a market that just says Apple should go lower. Microsoft, David's right, the co-pilot, uh, not good. I mean, we, there's not that much to huddle in today to protect. Let it come down. It's okay. It's been such a great market. Look at that chart, David. Isn't that just... David, that is a head and shoulders that even you would say, <laughs> I got to get out of the way. Yes, I do. That, that to me, I that head you. and shoulders there says, get out of the way. You know, in my... my right. As you know, I'm very astute when it comes to uh, technical analysis. Well, speaking of... Well, you um, pointed um, out the other day, the NVIDIA cup and handle. Oh, I did. I did. I pointed it, out the cup and handle. Yeah. And today and it's RSI, B of A, Jim. You said you're okay on the RSI? Today it's B of A cup and handle on the S&P, which they argue gives you a pattern to 5,200 and support at 4,800. Mm. Why do these people, can't they wait till tomorrow? What a great thing if they waited till tomorrow and said, oh, NVIDIA's really good and don't worry about COVID. But they all have to come out today on a down day? Couldn't they have waited to see what the CPI was? You know, Carl, I mean, sometimes you have these people that are firing their bullets and it's like they're not hitting anything because of the CPI. I mean, I bet you Lily's down. I bet you, I bet you even, wait a second. Well, oh, Lily just was second. barely stop, down. Stop, David, stop. Okay, because Lily, there's a lot of uh, talk about the pill, how the pill's yeah. almost ready. Pill, but, pill's uh, almost ready. Yeah, it, but um, it's, it's 9.44. I'm calling it early. All right. Well, I'm going to end with the banks, guys, in particular, just taking what a look got? at the overall. You know, on the, in the area of things I noticed that might be worth a mention, Brian Moynihan runs Bank of America, of course. He's the, the company's You're so uh, right. uh, ch- uh, chairman and CEO. But he's also not going to lead uh, Brown University's uh, board of directors. He is uh, going to be the chancellor, just been elected the chancellor of uh, the Brown Corporation, 22nd chancellor. And I just pointed out because in the current day and age, particularly with a university such as Brown, which I don't think I'm uh, going out there and saying it may have a, a somewhat progressive student body, that's going to be a big job, you'd imagine. Oh, like you can run into all sorts of not- things that would take up a lot of your time. And so I just put it out there. There's a statement from uh, Moynihan. He's been on the board, by the way. He's been a trustee. But now he's stepping up. Uh, and again, oh, he's going to, you know, uh, going to be running that board of directors of the Brown uh, of the Brown Corporation, as they say. I can imagine there's a lot of things that will uh, take up his time from that. There, what's the net interest margin of Brown? <laughs> Actually, a really cool note today, guys, out of, out of uh, Wells, looking at the ways, Jim, in which banks will use AI. Uh, Mayo points out the vision is that AI will essentially become second nature at banks like the Internet, like email, 
interestingly, the big use cases will have a, quote, human in the loop for the next, say, two years, and then perhaps after that will evolve to more activities that no longer need any human interaction. Well, I think it's possible. I was on the phone to a, a company. I was actually getting the Apple Vision Pro. And the Apple Vision Pro, they'll tell you, look, you're not really talking to a person. And then, and then the person was so polite to me, it was a, it was a gift. I engaged, the person was true, of course it was not a person, but boy, how well spoken. I wanted to talk about Russian history with, with the thing, I probably would have done that. So we have to understand that there's a, the, they're getting very sophisticated. And I mean, I'm waiting for slime. I mean, I'm in Philadelphia right now. I could use a little artificial intelligence, of course, generative AI, with a Philly accent that is not a human. That would be dynamite. They'd be polite, they wouldn't hit me, they wouldn't get worried, they wouldn't be angry when the Eagles lose, they would just be calm with a Philadelphia accent. Wow! Are you buying a Vision Pro? Yes, I am. I got my face fitted for it, David. You know, you gotta keep going like this, and like this, and like this, then bingo. But they only had a five in 5.30 p.m. appointments on Sunday. You think I'm gonna miss the pregame for that? No way. That's like Brian Moynihan becoming the Chancellor of Brown during a period where we're worried about the banks. Yeah, it's an interesting choice on his part. Uh, all right, well, I'm looking Why forward to you being that? on set with your Vision Pro. Carl will probably find You guys are early adopters. That's one of the 600K shipments, Jim, I guess, that WebBush says they're going to move. Uh, they were. They told me, look, we're not sure it's there. Uh, it's very busy. You can't get an appointment. To me, it was all the things that are anecdotally saying it's selling well. Uh, David, I wanted to be able to watch uh, Society of Snow on it because that's a very uplifting uh, movie about the uh, uh, the rugby team in the Andes. I suggest oh, that you yeah. read the book alive if you want to get the early line on it. Okay, you let me know Please how that don't is. Watch, watch that movie is a must watch. But wow, it's a tough and sad. Guys, as we go to break, uh, let's from the watch. moment they did, they started making money. Dow's down 450, S&P 4950, VIX up to 14.5. Uh, not much in the way of data coming our way after the CPI print. Uh, we'll get mortgage apps tomorrow. Thursday is really the busiest day of the week with claims and retail sales and NAHB. Uh, for now, though, 10-year 426, holding there pretty steady. Back in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Well, Cadence Design, one of the best performing stocks for the last 10 years and a partner of NVIDIA, reported last night, uh, they said that uh, sales were going to be good, uh, but the sales guide has now gone from 19 to 15 to 12. The analysts didn't like it. And I, just so you know, I think the weakness came from China, which is going to be flat or down. China weakness has infected many different companies. Partner of NVIDIA, don't sweat the program. They're always conservative. I like the stock. We'll let it come in. Jim, uh, so it sounds like in terms of today's action, Dow down 500, your strategy is just to be patient. Yeah, look, we went, we were up too much. I mean, look at Cadence. The stock's still up 8%. I just think the stocks, I, we need a shakeout, Carl. We need people. It's been too easy. And again, I point to ARM as a moment in time of overexuberance that has to be worked off. The arm situation was too much like 1999, 2000. Let that go into the rearview mirror and we will be fine. But understand that that did indeed happen. It was a sign of, of, of wealth in excess of enthusiasm. That's got to calm down. Yeah. And then tonight? Okay, we got restaurant brands. People didn't like the number. That's ridiculous. It was a great number because the CPI is hot. I think people say we don't want it. And then we've got we've got Harley. And it's, look, Shopify is a great example. I mean, Shopify actually had really good numbers, and, and it's being crushed. 
and, and you, you tell me whether, e, whether um, e-commerce is going down. It's certainly not. But that stock, again, was up 7% coming in. I mean, the market was too hot. It's got to cool at that CPI. I'm not, uh, I'm not negative. It's just it's got to cool. It's okay. Look, David, go to, let's go to aisle A of the supermarket. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You know how bad A is. Yeah, sure. I know. It's bad. Jim, we'll see you tonight at Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. When we come back, an exclusive with the CEO of Coke on their latest results with uh, one to, uh, say, 1.7% declines on the major indices. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor... Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.